They say only the good die young. Perhaps that is why we here at Inside Jobs spend so much time discussing the life, times, and untimely demise of figures such as the Kennedys, Dr. Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X, the fires of history that burn twice as bright, but half as long. But there is one death that we haven't discussed which challenges and confounds the American psyche like no other. He wasn't a priest or a politician. He was a king. And some say he never died at all. I'm conspiracy expert Lee Golden, and this week on a very special one-man mini-sode of Inside Jobs, we ask the question, is Elvis still alive? Elvis Aaron Presley was born in Tupelo, Mississippi on January 8, 1935. In the late 50s, Presley achieved fantastic fame and fortune, popularizing a new form of kinetic and exciting music that would become known as rock and roll. Presley's clean-cut good looks and farm boy charm proved a crucial catalyst in bringing a genre of music that had previously been part of African-American subculture into the American mainstream. To his critics, Elvis stole the music of the blacks to find his fame and fortune. To his legions of loyal fans, he's the first and the greatest rock star of all time. It is for this reason that he has attained the legendary moniker, the King of Rock and Roll. In his time, Presley was seen as a Dionysian figure whose raw sexuality had a frightening effect on the minds and bodies of the young women who watched him perform. Although tame by today's standards, the gyrating hip movements of Elvis's dances were considered extremely risque by 1950s standards. Concerns over Presley's gyrations even reached the offices of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, who was warned by the Catholic Church that Presley is a definite danger to the security of the United States. In addition to his smash hit records, Elvis also quickly proved to be a charismatic screen presence through his multiple television appearances on popular programs such as the Milton Berle, Steve Allen, and Ed Sullivan shows. Presley parlayed that appeal into a successful cinematic career, starting with the classic 1957 film, Jailhouse Rock. During his military service from 1958 to 1960, Elvis was allegedly introduced to methamphetamines, the abuse of which would play a major part in the rock star's eventual downfall. Upon his return from the army, Presley made over two dozen films during the 1960s, including Viva Las Vegas and Blue Hawaii. In the late 60s and early 70s, Elvis's main focus returned to recording and performing music. During this time, a new, more psychedelic form of rock music was taking hold in popular culture heavily influenced by the use of mind-altering drugs. Elvis, for his part, was a good Southern Christian boy whose music was influenced by gospel and country, and he wanted nothing to do with this new counterculture or its army of so-called hippies. To express his support of old-fashioned American patriotism and take a stance against the hippies, Presley paid a visit to President Richard Nixon at the White House in December of 1970. Elvis asked the president to deputize him as an officer of the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs now known as the DEA, a request to which Mr. Nixon complied. Throughout the rest of the 70s, Presley's personal life, appearance, and health began to decline. He was divorced in 1973 and overdosed on barbiturates twice that year. Elvis became increasingly overweight 
and his concerts were but a mere shadow of the energetic performances he had provided audiences mere years before. On the afternoon of August 16, 1977, Elvis Presley was found collapsed on the bathroom floor. At 3.30 p.m., he was pronounced dead. However, in the decades that followed, rumors began to circulate that Elvis had faked his own death to escape the limelight, and to this day, people claim to see Elvis alive and well. Is Elvis out there, hidden among the legions of impersonators, living out his twilight years? It is a question that has become something of an obsession in popular culture. Merle Haggard once said, it would be the first chance for freedom in his entire life. Elvis sightings have occurred almost since the day Presley died. Stories of ordinary people catching a glimpse of the king pumping gas at a lonely service station or ordering cheeseburgers at a Burger King in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Within hours of the announcement of his death, Elvis was reportedly spotted in a nearby airport buying a plane ticket in cash for Buenos Aires under the name John Burroughs. The same name that Elvis told Richard Nixon he was staying under at the hotel in Washington, D.C. during their famed meeting. In 1978, a man named Mike Joseph was visiting the meditation gardens at Graceland, Elvis's home and his supposed eternal resting place, and snapped a photograph of the King's pool house. And in the bottom of the screen door is the ghostly image of an unmistakable face, framed with long sideburns and adorned with aviator sunglasses. The face of Elvis Presley. Over the ensuing decades, numerous friends of Elvis have come forward claiming that the King is alive and well. During Elvis's wake, it has been stated that the body appeared to sweat, something corpses are not typically known for. Others claim that the body buried that day was actually a wax dummy of Presley, rather than the real McCoy. Handwriting experts have examined the death certificate of the late Elvis Presley and concluded that the signature on the document was none other than that of Elvis himself. Additionally, some individuals have even stated that they are Elvis. For instance, in September 1988, a man called a radio station in Houston, Texas, Magic 102, and claimed to be Elvis Presley. Of course, these people are most likely crackpots, looking for some publicity, or perhaps just deluded enough that they've convinced themselves that it all might actually be true. Another rather bizarre sighting of Elvis is in the 1990 John Hughes comedy Home Alone. During the scene in which Catherine O'Hara is arguing with an airline employee at the airport, a bearded extra or background artist, as they are known in the film industry, is standing behind her. The man's face bears a striking resemblance to an older, pudgier, and bearded Elvis Presley. The resemblance would only be passing and indeed unnoticeable until the actor cocks his head to the side, suddenly in a manner that exactly mimics that of the king of rock and roll. Of course, resembling Elvis is not only a common phenomenon, it's an entire cottage industry. Thousands of performers across the world of all ages and sizes make a modest to sizable living, imitating the various incarnations of Elvis from throughout his life and career. Indeed, every country on the planet from Germany to South Korea has their Elvis. And the BBC recently produced a program titled The World's Greatest Elvis, in which performers around the world compete to be crowned the king of Elvis impersonators. There is also a bizarre Japanese subculture where roving gangs of Elvis impersonators descend on public areas and begin impromptu dance numbers. Even yours truly has been told by dozens of young people that I resemble Elvis, Due to my pompadour-esque hairstyling, chiseled good looks, and predilection towards wearing aviator sunglasses indoors. As friend of the program Banger puts it, Dude, you look like that rooster from Rockadoodle. 
I often tell the story of my sister's birthday dinner some years ago in which I saw a little girl sitting with her grandparents at the table next to ours, staring at me with an unabashed blend of fear and awe. Perplexed as to why this child could not stop gawking at me, her grandmother chimed in with an explanation. I'm sorry, she began, but we showed her a painting of Elvis today and explained that he was dead. So needless to say, she's a little surprised to see you here. Needless to say? Did this elderly woman think that I was Elvis too? That decades after my death I had materialized as a much younger man eating gnocchi at a Nilfernayo in a California suburb? I turned to the little girl and uttered a coy, Thank you very much. She cowered under the table in fear. The thing is, I don't look like Elvis any more than his multitude of impersonators. I theorize that since the king has been portrayed in pop culture by so many actors and lookalikes over the years that he is somewhat like Buddha, who do not even remember what the man looks like merely the image he created, the physical and stylistic impact he made upon the world. In fact, the phenomenon of Elvis impersonators is often the cornerstone of the conspiracy theories that the king is still alive. Many claim the man who died at Graceland in 1977 was not Elvis, but one of his many impersonators, that the two men switched in a Prince and the Pauper-esque charade to allow Presley to enjoy the anonymity of normal life. This concept is the premise of the 2002 film Boba Hotep, starring Bruce Campbell as an ailing man in a retirement home who claims to be the real Elvis and had swapped identities with an impersonator named Sebastian Half sometime in the 70s. Half teams up with an aging black man named Jack, played by Ozzie Davis, who claims to be the real Jack Kennedy. When Half delicately reminds his friend that JFK was white, the old man claims that the CIA dyed him black to hide his identity. Most musings upon the possibility of Elvis's continued life are mere whimsy, but others border on the ludicrous. One theorist maintains that Presley faked his death to work as an undercover agent for the DEA. Elvis had supposedly become involved in an FBI sting operation against the Mafia. In order to testify against the mob leaders safely, Presley supposedly faked his death so that the mobsters couldn't kill him before the trial. Arrest warrants for the mafiosos were issued on August 16, 1977 the day Elvis Presley died. Whether Elvis is at a retirement home with Jack Kennedy, working with the FBI to take down the Mafia, haunting the meditation garden, chewing cheeseburgers in Michigan, making scale as a Hollywood background artist, or simply resting in peace beneath the earth of his beloved Graceland, Tennessee, he is alive and well within the vibrant popular imagination of the American idiom. Elvis sightings have evolved from elusive rumors to a common joke into a veritable cultural touchstone. In the 1984 film Ghostbusters, an interviewer asked Dan Aykroyd's character Ray Stans, the question on everyone's mind is how is Elvis and have you seen him lately? Aykroyd is unable to formulate a response. A few months ago, a man clad in an eagle-embroidered open-collared jumpsuit kicked open the doors of my old office in San Francisco and performed a rendition of Happy Birthday for our Director of Operations. The man never claimed to be Elvis Presley, but we all knew it was him. And as quickly as he emerged, Elvis had left the building. For a brief, shining moment, in our eyes, Elvis was alive once again and he walked among us. And when he left, we buried him in our hearts once more. As the office returned to work, and the memory of Mr. Presley faded from their hearts, I mused to myself, the king is dead. Long live the king. Wise men say only fools.
For Inside Jobs, I'm conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Follow the 